Hello and welcome back to No More Mondays, the podcast where two indie hackers, James McKinvin and Dan Rowden, talk about building their indie businesses. Dan has a product studio doing 8K MRR and I have a podcasting business doing just over 2K. This week, I overhaul my entire website and don't tell anyone. Dan gets featured in TechCrunch and we discuss our plan to become TikTok stars. Big thank you to today's sponsor, 4 Day Week, which we'll find out more about in this episode. Let's get started. So I'm back in the podcast booth and I, I'm also back on my Shure SM7B, which is my nice microphone. Okay. And the reason I'm back on this is because I wrote my first Panda article yeah. and it was like comparing the three microphones that I'd recommend to people. And this was like the expensive option. This is what you should get if money's no problem and you just want the best. I bought it over a year ago for the Riverside videos and... I used it for a bit and I really liked it, but I couldn't tell a huge amount of difference between that and the mic I use now, the short MV7. But when I was doing that article, I put sound samples in them. Mm. And when I listened back to the sound samples, it was really clear to see the difference that this mic had versus the other ones. And I was like, so I've got this podcast booth plus a ridiculous microphone setup. Why don't I use it? (laughs) So... I made a point to clear out the podcast booth and use it. Yeah. Yeah, so you showed me that link to that article. I'm still on a Blue Yeti because you haven't sent me my thing. But it was it was interesting to um, to see to listen to those clips. It's quite interesting because you don't really get that kind of comparison usually. Like You have to buy them. Like How, how else do you compare mics but just look at specs? Mm. And as I was writing this article, and I was having this thought, maybe you can help me with this, Dan. Every article that I will probably write for pod panda about podcasting will have probably been written elsewhere like i don't know if there's any content that hasn't been written but as a business that i'm trying to grow i really want content on there and it will be original content i will write it from scratch it's all in my brain and i'm writing it down on onto the blog but i just worry is it, it, it even if it's content that people could get elsewhere like, is there still value in writing it for myself? So when people land on Pop Panda, they see that I've written this content. Yeah. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the way that I write content or publish content on the low blog is just I I just think of the reader as someone who don't, knows nothing, who hasn't seen any yeah. other blog posts, who's like starting Twitter from scratch. So just having that person in mind, it makes you just write. I mean, you can write anything you want. It doesn't matter that it's already out there. But if you're yeah. trying to get people to come to your site through SEO or from, or you want to put like authority, kind of your voice out there into the marketplace, you need to write these kind of posts that show you know what you're talking about. And it doesn't matter that someone mm-hmm. else has written mm-hmm. a similar post at all. Dan, did you go part time at any point uh, with your job, or did you just like full on quit? No, I just full on quit. I mean, I know the the value of taking an extra day of work a week is pretty amazing. It is, and I, I actually found this for when I left my job or when I was doing the Riverside videos, I took, well, I went down to two days a week. So I had three days to work on, on the Riverside videos, but having just that extra time where I was still getting a regular salary Mm. was really nice. And a lot of indie hackers, they're like trying to make their projects work and they're thinking just what if I had an extra day, a bit more time, a few more hours, so I don't have to work so hard on evenings and weekends, which is a surefire route to burnout. Well, Dan, that is where today's sponsor comes in. So useful. 
because four-day week could be for you. Four-day week is the best place to get a software job with a better work-life balance. All jobs have a four-day work week contract and most are only 32 hours a week. Find the best remote tech jobs from companies with a great work-life balance at fourdayweek.io or hit the link in the show notes. Wouldn't you love to just do that, Dan? What, what a great position to be in where you only have to work four days a week and then you've got that whole day to make your projects work. Yeah, or just lie in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Phil, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Dan, let's talk about you. What have you been up to? What, what do you want to chat about this week? Well, uh, I've been thinking about Illo, just trying to figure out the the next few steps, I guess. Not like long-term strategies, but like what what happens next. And that's quite hard when you're running something on your own and you have like a good bunch of users, but it's not like a massive group that you could get like a lot of data from if, if you ask them. I also don't tend to really ask the customers what they want. I just kind of build something that I want because yeah. this is a tool that I built for me initially anyway and just kind of hope that they res- the features resonate with everyone else. Yeah, I just I had some good ideas. I think one thing that people mention a lot is like writing from Illo, which is something I've stayed away from from day one because it was supposed to kind of analyze and give you data about what's happening rather than kind of as a content creation tool. But I've been exploring some ideas around, yeah, writing tweets or using tweets or using your past best tweets to make more good tweets because that's the whole point of Yellow is to like improve your Twitter game. And I've been working on more email stuff. I've had a long time written down monthly and weekly like roundup emails. Oh yeah, something else that I was looking at was like badges or achievements. So Hello right now has always looked at your data and shown your data to you, but I've been trying to make it more proactive or reactive or engaging for people and to have like badges for hitting, if you get like 50,000 likes on a tweet, then you get a badge and you earn them. And there's like maybe 30 badges in the collection. And then as you use Twitter and you get better and better, you'll kind of progress through them. So you're an interesting crossroads here. Like not a lot of people would have got to this point yet, which is... Like 3K MRR, loads of people would love to get to that point, but there's some challenges that come with that that you're now running into. It's like, where, where do you go from here? How do you make sure the product doesn't stagnate? How do you avoid churn? How do you grow this into something a bit more sustainable, moving towards that 10K mark where it can be a real business? My first question to you would be about what you said when it comes to building for yourself, because I, I think that's a really good strategy when you're first starting out right build the product that you want and then validate that with other people Mm -hmm. because that way you can keep it fun and as people come in you can figure out what they like what they don't like but i do wonder if there's now a place for you to standardize get your your feedback from users and try and build features that they're asking for at least you something like upvotey for a board which gives you feature requests to sort of see what your users do want like what's your feedback mechanism for the people that have churned and also people that are using the tool to figure out where they would get more value yeah i think the feedback tools are very useful i more personally i don't like the public aspect of everyone seeing everyone else's requests because Mm -hmm. that ends up kind of just like multiplying issues because it's not really you, you end up seeing like hundreds of issues that other people have had and you might not even have and then you're like oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> maybe that is an issue so I'd rather if, if people just sent in their requests and the re- the results were like private 
what about for those features that actually loads of people do want and one person sees it and goes yes that will. it doesn't mean you have to build it no <laughs> it's just useful stuff and i don't know how they deal with maybe features that or problems that are individual i'd, re- I'd prefer to have a person's individual like feature request rather than them kind of hopping on someone else's idea i'd, I'd rather have like the original uh, yeah but like <laughs> that's difficult because then it's just one person's feature request and you don't know whether that's going to be something that's going to help other users or not like you you can make the judgment call on that sure of course but like that that's where these feedback tools have their benefit yeah. right yeah but i think if if enough people have the same idea then that's a clear like signal that you should be building something yeah you, you you're right in your approach to like just maybe not building more because that's not necessarily going to help but the almost the gamification the badges people love getting badges we were speaking last episode about like actual milestone plaques another thing you could like potentially explore is uh, if people come in at a relatively small account what can you do to help them grow their account and bake illo analytics into that as in a course or a series of resources well no of course like something more engaged than just uh, a bunch of assets that you send them via email yeah it's interesting you say that because <laughs> last night as the kids were going to bed i just thought why don't i just write down some bullet points for like a twitter course and see to see what happens and i ended up just like typing away on my phone for like half an hour and i ended up with loads of content <laughs> <laughs> i was working on those um the onboarding email trip campaign this week as well yeah. So that's almost ready to go. And that's the kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, someone signs up to Illo. They, they use Twitter, but they don't maybe know all the tips and tricks. How do they get those tips and tricks? And how does Illo bake Illo into their like Twitter experience and make, make it like a vital piece? I find all this stuff very difficult sometimes because I just want to... I, I can code anything I want at any point of the day, but <laughs> figuring all this like non-codey stuff is, is hard for developers sometimes. Talking of big things for Illo, Dan... You got mentioned in TechCrunch. Did your website traffic blow up? Did you get like loads of people reach out to you, a barrage of customers for being featured in one of the biggest tech publications in the world? No, (laughs) nothing happened. Oh, I've had two direct clicks. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes, score. It did, I got a few clicks from the toolbox, which is Twitter's like app directory that the article was about. Yeah, so basically, the, yeah. I think it was like early in the year, Twitter came to me and a few other app makers and asked to be part of their like trial for this Twitter toolbox, which is like a directory of apps I'm built on Twitter. And yeah, Illo is included in that first kind of trial. And now Czech countries have written a piece about it, how they've added some third-party apps into the Twitter app. So yeah, and Illo got a little mention, just a, <laughs> a three-letter link. <laughs> Better than nothing. And then your final thing on here, Dan. TikTok. We TikTok. spoke about TikTok last week. Are we still on for our TikTok challenge in May? Yes. So this is it. Let's do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was I was at IndieBiz this week and there's a guy called Sam who runs Flick, which is a like Instagram hashtag tool. Think SEO mm-hmm. for hashtags. Mm-hmm. They're doing like three million a year now, bootstrapped, and obviously big on the social media trends. And I actually produce their podcast now through oh, Pop nice. Panda, and so I'm like learning social media stuff through their episodes. Like that was one of the interesting side benefits of editing podcasts, right? In all these different interesting niches is that you learn from right. whatever podcast you're listening to. So I'm like absorbing all this information on social media. And he was like, like 
James, don't miss out on TikTok. Come on, there's this window. Just <laughs> get posting. So I'm very interested for next week. Ha- have you had a thought of ideas of TikTok you've yes. made? Have you made any yet? You have. So I've I've written. I haven't made any. I've written down some ideas. And my wife's like, just you have to make some drafts and get them in the app and like just get the ball 100%. rolling, kind of thing. I think the challenge should be just post at least one video every day. That should be the challenge. Like 31 videos yeah, yeah. in May. But I think we should have like a winner for either likes or followers or something. It's, it's not okay. like the real thing, but we should have a, like a race to something, obviously. Okay. I have like a mini head start. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> right. So you have 31 followers now that I just followed you and 1800 likes. So yeah, like we'll, we'll go from like we'll subtract my 1800 likes from the final total. So we'll, we'll do like followers gained and likes gained and see how we both go. Okay, sounds good. I'm, gonna change I'm excited point. for this. I'm, yeah. Worst case is we've just made 30 videos and it's a cool experiment right. and then we've got this content there. Best case, we do really well and we're like, why have we been sleeping on this? <laughs> yeah. We're now TikTokers. <laughs> yeah, it should be good fun. And if anyone out there is on TikTok, you can make sure to follow us. We'll put our links in the in the show notes. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah, we will. Follow along on our journey. So what, what have you been up to since we last talked? Well, Dan, I, I did... A very typical indie hacker thing and i overhauled my entire website for <laughs> wistful craft co in one night and it wasn't planned it was i just discovered that shopify have shopify 2.0 which is basically a way for you to build your own landing pages without code as a non-technical person it's really useful for me to be able to add modules and play with things and my theme didn't have it so i was like in the theme marketplace having a look at a few different ones and they've got a few new really nice free themes i don't mind paying for themes but these ones were free and good and i was like i really like that let me just like preview on my site see how it looks and i'd had a had a one or two beers at this point so (laughs) from like 11 p.m till 2 a.m i just completely changed all the website rewrote a lot of the copy added new images and i was really happy with the result and it would just made me think like this is what I love about being an indie hacker is you don't have to like ask for approval if you want to change something or overhaul something and it made me feel really good when I did it yeah it looks awesome as well I need some of these things what some of the wallets (laughs) (laughs) I think more like desk stuff wait I can't find where are the you don't have the desk mats yet no I did you manage to take photos of them because you said you said you couldn't no yeah, that was the problem. I still couldn't take photos of them. And I've also realised that the ones I've caught, cut are a bit too small for what people want. Mm. So I've sort of wasted £200 worth of leather <laughs> from just cutting them too small. So the options are cut all of those bigger ones down into uh, mouse pads and just stock up on those. Mm. And then just buy new hides and cut out bigger desk mats that people actually want. So I have a mouse mat here, which is just like a cheap one I found somewhere because I couldn't find a good one so like a mouse mat would also so what what how would you what's the benefit of a desk mat over a mouse mat it looks nice on your desk it protects it and you can like use your whole thing to put drinks down it's like a massive coaster Mm. (laughs) instead of using a separate coaster i put my like drink down on the desk mat it's like nice to have my my hands on as i'm typing and like soft thing for your mouse and keyboard i don't think inherently there's like a massive benefit over having a desk mat than a mouse mouse mm. pad but it just looks nicer because yeah because um, i'm still thinking about my uh desk renovation buying a monitor <laughs> and like yeah moving stuff around desk mat would be cool 
but yeah, like, I, I generally had a pretty good week with Whitswell Craft Co. Again, I sold another five in the. Someone bought a branded one. Uh, five cool. of the branded ones. People have been buying them all week, and I'm just having a lot of fun. It's still a complete sandbox for me, where I can just do whatever I want with it. Hence the complete update on the website. I got like featured by my friend Dana Allen on her blog Inventora about the story of Whistle Craft Co. And I've never told the story of it before, so that was really nice. So I'm enjoying that. What else? The new Pop Panda blog. We spoke about that. That was fun to write and publish. I'm planning to publish a lot more on that blog maybe once or twice a week just like pumping out interesting content i need more of a backlog there than just the the one article i've got at the moment so there's a resource new indie bites episode released this week with damon chen of testimonial damon's got an interesting story he works at cisco for eight years he says he's a mediocre developer and now he's making 15k plus mrr with testimonial mm-hmm. So yeah, that was out, and then I've got another episode today coming out with Pierre De Wolf of Scraping B. So that'll be a good one. So lots of indie bikes. I'm sticking to the schedule. I got back after tennis at like nine thirty on Tuesday, and Tuesday's my publish day, mm-hmm. and I couldn't think of anything worse than sitting on my computer and editing for two hours. But I did it, and I felt really good after it. So I, mm. <laughs> I managed to hang on to the deadline by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> That's good. What else happened for me this week? Last night, I went on a podcast with Tiago from Wannabe Entrepreneur. I don't go on many podcasts, but I'm trying to do more to sort of practice being a guest. But it was a very interesting chat with Tiago. He's an interesting guy. He's done like 200 episodes of his pod, and he's trying to figure out where he goes from it in terms of growth. And then the, the final thing I did this week that I want to talk to you about, Dan, I published an article on my personal blog uh, about courses. Why do we buy courses that we never take and I don't know if you do this but I certainly do where there's been a bunch of courses that I've spent a hundred dollars plus on and I've never even opened them <laughs> like Steph Smith stuff Pat Ball's SEO stuff some copywriting things and I thought about this because I bought Sam Parr's copy that course it was like eighty dollars and it's all about copy work and I wanted to do copy work I've heard it on my first million and he got me with his sales email. And I thought, if he's converting me on this sales email, then I probably want to learn from that so people can buy <laughs> like I did for his course. So I bought that and I have been doing it, but it made me think of all these other things that I have bought and haven't done. I mean, this is, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because you buy a course and you kind of get the content, but there's no pressure at all to use it. So that that's like the, the downside of self-paced courses. Yeah. Because cohort ones are better in that regard because you're you have to turn up otherwise you'll like miss out like the only way to like be on the course is you like Arvid Carl's course or Daniel Vasallo's they're just videos right that you can just watch whenever you like yeah and I think about this for my course and like this is part of the motivation behind writing this article was thinking okay so if I'm doing that with courses what are people that buy mine which is a self-paced course and so I'm trying to think of what can I do to help engage people more whether i have an email flow uh, a couple of weeks after they've taken the course to see if i can either get them mm. on the call or help them in any other way with the podcast i think yeah doing like a, a, a weekly email just like anyone who signs up to a course is then added to like an e- a newsletter basically and then you just keep mm-hmm. checking in on them or writing small extra tips or something just to keep them engaged i think that it's like a, a like a very simple way to keep people interested in your content or on a newsletter like in a list somewhere let's talk about our tweets i will go first 
This is from Marshall Haas, who is founder of Peel and uh, Shepherd. So I've been following Marshall for a while. You guys probably would have heard of Andrew Wilkinson. If you don't, he is the founder of Metalab initially and now Tiny, and he's got a portfolio of companies. He's been on the My First Million pod, brilliant guy. Anyway, he did what he called a dopamine detox, and Marshall did a similar thing. So what Marshall did is he had no social media, deleted the apps, no email on his phone, no TV, no podcast or music, no iPhone when he was with his wife and kids, left his phone in the room when he was working. And he said the result were the little things were just so much more enjoyable again. He was 100% focused all week and 100% present. There was nothing left to distract him. He read a ton, he felt less anxious. So <laughs> I don't think I could be this brutal. So th- there's a few things that I already do. Like I always leave my phone somewhere and I don't know where my phone is a lot of the time. I can't do no podcasts or music. Uh, I listen to stuff all the time just because I like it. I don't, I don't know what what benefit is that? I guess it's just you being with well, yourself. This is, this, this is the, this is, yeah, this is the point of it. It's just we're, we're so bombarded with information and content. I think music maybe, like I probably want to, mm. like music gives me a lot of joy. Podcasts, I do kind of understand. M- maybe I go no business podcasts. Okay. I'm just listening to ones that are mm. entertaining. Um, but yeah, not having, I, I want to be able to tweet whenever I want to tweet. I, I don't want to have to be like, oh, how am I going to remember this and write it on my computer when I get home later? You know what I mean? It's a convenient Dan, it's not thing. for forever. It's only for a week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All right, then. Let's uh, watch your tweet. Let's have a look at this. So my tweet is about CSS. This guy, Pratham, I think. I don't know how to say the name. He has, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like exploded over the last few years. Uh, yeah, this was just like a mega thread of lots of his tweets about CSS. And there's loads of CSS. I think I'm good at CSS. It's one of my like strong points. But this has so many like cool stuff with CSS that you can do nowadays because it's always changing and always developing and always getting better and this was just like a crazy thread of cool stuff that I think other people who use CSS should definitely look at I would love to add something insightful to this but I really <laughs> don't understand any of it but I'll take your word for it Dan that if people want to get some tips on CSS they should check out this thread yes well endorsed <laughs> alright mate well let's round off here me this week what have I got on I said last week that I was going to do a YouTube video I can't believe how quickly this week has gone. I suppose we recorded on Sunday, didn't we? So it's we mm, yes. only have five days. days. Yeah, I, I still want to get on my YouTube video. I did have a think about the Indie Feast membership. Indie Bites are just still going on. I'm really happy I'm hitting that schedule. And I just yeah. want to continue that. Looking to be my best month this month. Yeah, I, I don't have much planned at all. Just keep tweaking Illo, having a look at what's possible. Plan loads of TikToks. Start shooting TikToks. I haven't got around to the new ghost theme because I've been working much less. But that's still on my to-do list. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, your, your, kid, your kids are off Just for another two, couple of weeks, aren't they? Yeah, two more weeks. So it's fun spending time with them and doing stuff as a family. But it just means I don't have the same amount of bandwidth for work, which is which is fine. All right, mate. Yes. Well, enjoy your week and I will speak to you next Monday. Yep. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of No More Mondays with James McKinnon and Dan Rowden. You can join the conversation on Twitter at No More Mondays FM or hit the link in the show notes. You'll also find a list of talking points in those show notes along with details of today's sponsor, 4 Day Week. See you next Monday.